0: Hello and welcome to the Slow Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Engelhardt, and this is the place for all things health and well-being for the busy mom of today. So grab a cup of tea and get ready to be inspired. Hello and welcome to today's exciting episode where we will be talking all thing women monthly cycle and how we can use nutrition, exercise, and self-care to support our hormones. And today, I'm joined by a women's health educator who helps women to understand their bodies. An Australian-trained physiotherapist, nutrition, and health coach, and a natural fertility educator, she teaches women all these things they never learned in health classes. Please welcome Rachel Simpson. Rachel, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on the podcast all the way from Melbourne.
1: Yes, I know, other
0: side of the world. I know. Isn't that amazing what technology can do these days? I know, I know. You're about to go to bed and I just woke up. And you've just woken up, exactly right. No, but I'm super excited about today's topic because this really is something that we as women are all dealing with, you know, on a daily basis, basically, but never really been properly taught or trained on how to keep our hormones in balance exactly right yeah so i'm excited (laughs) and before we dive into the how we can support our hormones can you please talk about the monthly cycle what are like the different phases that we go through during the month
1: yeah so our menstrual cycle it's not the standard 28 day cycle that we're all sort of taught it's very very unique to an individual woman and it can really be altered by our hormone balance and different things that happen in our lives so when we're sick when we're tired when we're stressed all those sorts of things have a huge effect on our actual menstrual cycle and it's not always the textbook cycle that I think we're all led to believe it is and so basically the menstrual cycle can be broken up into two halves so there's the first half of the menstrual cycle, which begins with menstruation, your period, which is probably the phase that everyone is most familiar with. Um, And then that the first half of the cycle goes up until ovulation where the egg is released by the ovaries and is waiting for sperm to fertilize it to make a baby ultimately. And then the second half of the cycle occurs after ovulation and the body is basically trying to figure out whether or not it's pregnant and Uh, either it is pregnant and then we go down the path of pregnancy or it's not pregnant and then the body eventually realizes it's not pregnant and so it flashes away the unfertilized egg and the lining of our uterus that it's you know prepared prepared for implantation and for the start of pregnancy and it flashes a lot away as your next period so that's sort of the two halves of the menstrual cycle but then you can break that up into four phases of the menstrual cycle as well so the first phase as I said is menstruation so the menstrual phase and that's the bleeding phase that we're most familiar with. And like I said, that's the egg being flushed away from the previous cycle if it wasn't fertilized. And then the second phase of the cycle, which is, before ovulation is the follicular phase and this phase is the body preparing for pregnant uh, for ovulation so it's a surge of estrogen our estrogen levels are rising up and they peak at ovulation and it's the body preparing for release of this egg and then we have the ovulatory phase which is that window of time when the egg is actually being released and when pregnancy is possible and then the longest phase is the luteal phase at the end of our menstrual cycle and this is the phase where a lot of women experience those PMS symptoms And those premenstrual symptoms, because that's often a time where there's quite a lot of hormone imbalance. So, estrogen levels, like I said, peak at ovulation and then they drop quite suddenly. And then, progesterone, which is the hormone that is dominant in the second half of the cycle, rises after ovulation. But when the body realizes it's not pregnant, progesterone levels drop very quickly. And that quick change in hormone balance is what can often lead to the symptoms that women experience
0: in the lead up to a period. So that's the four phases of the menstrual cycle in a nutshell. This is really so fascinating. If you think about it, all like everything that's happening in in our body and we're not even like aware, you know, (laughs) I mean, obviously we're very aware of our, of our period, you know, the, that we get every month, but the rest, like what's happening and, and, you know, all these like shifting hormones and all this, it's, it's very fascinating.
1: Yeah, and it's completely cyclical. So at any point on any day, you are at some phase of your menstrual cycle. And I think so many women... Like we're not taught about it. And so we think, yep, we bleed for a week mm. and then there's nothing for a couple of weeks and then we bleed again. And exactly. it's not until you start going down the path of trying to conceive and get pregnant when you start learning more about ovulation and when you're actually fertile during a menstrual cycle. But I think we're all sort of taught you can get pregnant on any day of your cycle <laughs> yes. and it's all very textbook and it's really not the case. And it's, yeah, it's fascinating how cyclical cool it is and how ultimately the body, the female body the absolute goal is to get pregnant That's yes what we're, what we're built for ultimately
0: yeah. <laughs> so true but what are some of the biggest mistakes that we make without even you know knowing it when it comes to our like hormones and well-being I think
1: I think the biggest mistake, and it's not through any fault of our own, I think ultimately it's a larger problem in that no, young women aren't being taught this information at any point, but it's just not knowing how important that hormone balance is. So like I said, the first half of the cycle before ovulation, now estrogen levels are dominant, and so we need to support our bodies to produce estrogen so that ovulation can occur. And then in the second half of our cycles, when progesterone is dominant, dominant and when there is that sudden shift in hormones, we need to, again, know how to support our bodies through that because there are absolutely ways that you can support your body through that to stop those symptoms that can be really debilitating for some women as well. And so I think we're just not ever told at any point until something potentially goes wrong or that we actually have to start looking for this information for ourselves um, when things aren't going right. And things like stress and diet and exercise play a huge part in your hormone balance. So when you're stressed, your body releases cortisol, the stress hormones and basically create this environment where the body is thinking, well, we're in danger, we're stressed out. And this isn't the ideal time to reproduce and get pregnant. So it, dominates the stress hormones, dominate the sex hormones and ultimately shut down ovulation because the body's ultimately about survival because survival is more important than getting pregnant and our diet, you know, where we're in a society these days, where we don't eat whole unprocessed healthy foods. We're eating these highly processed sugary fatty foods. And that has an effect on your blood sugar levels and your insulin. And again, that has an effect on your sex hormones and, exercise so as a as a culture where you know we're either overweight or we're sort of over exercising and we're obsessive gym junkies and Mm. both of those extremes are unhealthy for our sex hormones as well because again it creates that environment of stress in our bodies and our bodies just aren't used to dealing with stress in that way the other thing the other mistake that I guess a lot of us are making unknowingly is um our exposure to other chemicals and things in the environment that are affecting our hormones. So they're called xenoestrogens and basically they they mimic estrogen in the body, but they're not, they're not obviously our naturally occurring estrogen. And when they bind to the estrogen receptors in our body, they mean it means that the estrogen can't do its work. And so it often leads to these Um, cases where women are effectively estrogen dominant and so the hormones are really out of whack and these xenoestrogens are ultimately in everything but they're in our skincare and our makeup and our cleaning products and basically any anything that has fragrance in it anything with an ingredient that is fragrance is, um, is potentially exposing us to these and they're just everywhere and it's obviously really hard to eliminate them, but when we're completely unaware of their existence, it's it's something that can really be disrupting our hormones and causing a lot of problems with our menstrual cycle without us knowing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I came to, um, or I became more aware of of how everything that we basically put on our skin and you know all these products that we use during my pregnancy, my first pregnancy, and I mean, yes, you can you can say you know, the skin is our largest organ and we can think of that, but it's like when you've never really actively, you know, researched that or, or, you know, looked for that information or nobody really shared it with Mm -hmm. you, you just kind of go about your day and you don't even think about it, you know, but when I was pregnant, you know, I was using all these creams, so I don't get any (laughs) stretch marks, (laughs) you know, and then I read somewhere, yeah, just make sure that, you know, the cream doesn't have too much vitamin A. Because, you know, through the skin it goes. In the, and I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense, duh, you know. <laughs> but then and you, do,
1: and you fall down the rabbit hole really fast when you start yes, researching. And it yes. can get a little bit overwhelming.
0: Yes, absolutely. You think, how, how do I avoid this? <laughs> exactly. It's like it's everywhere. Like what do yeah. I use? Can I make my yeah. own cream? Can I make you know? <laughs> yeah, it's very, um, it's it's definitely interesting. But what about, or or how can we incorporate nutrition and exercise, something that you mentioned, you know, to support and keep our hormones in balance?
1: Yeah. So I guess we'll start with uh, nutrition. So, like I said, the first half of the menstrual cycle is oestrogen dominant so oestrogen is a hormone that we we're wanting to support the production of because if you don't have enough oestrogen then it will never so the oestrogen triggers production or release of other hormones that then trigger ovulation so if our oestrogen levels are never High enough to actually reach the threshold to then trigger the next hormone, ovulation doesn't happen. And that's when women experience, you know, the, the body might make multiple attempts to ovulate in a cycle. And then you end up with very long and irregular and unpredictable menstrual cycles. So, with things like nutrition, you want to eat foods that are estrogen boosting and estrogen rich in themselves. So, things like flax seeds and sesame seeds, um, chickpeas anything whole grains are really supportive of estrogen soy and tofu as well different things that you can do to just focus on if you know where you are in your menstrual cycle then you know you can focus on these foods and if you're you know if you're a meal planner if you plan ahead your meals then you can just add a few things like that in Um, to your diet and that way you know you're helping to boost boost your estrogen levels. And then in the second half of the cycle, we wanna support our progesterone levels. So progesterone is the hormone that really wants to get us pregnant. But even if we're not trying to get pregnant, progesterone levels need to be high enough to counterbalance the estrogen levels, which are often quite high. And as I said, it's that sudden drop in progesterone before your period that can cause a lot of imbalance and a lot of those PMS symptoms. So leafy greens are the big one here. So kale, spinach, um, even the green veggies, beans, broccoli, nuts as well, are all really progesterone rich and can help to support Um, something that I know a lot of nutritionists advocate for and something that I love suggesting I'm not a nutritionist but I love (laughs) suggesting this to um, women who ask me because this is something that I do and this is something I did when I first came off the pill to support my own own hormone balance is seed cycling and so basically in the first half of your menstrual cycle you add you know a tablespoon of flax seeds and sesame seeds I like to add them to a smoothie because I just think that's easy Um, and then you whiz them up in the smoothie and then in the second half of the cycle I add um my pumpkin seeds and my sunflower seeds because they're progesterone rich so it's something that's really simple and it's something that's actually really effective and the nutritionists that I've spoken to about it have said they prescribe it often for their clients just because it's something that can really help quite easily to balance. Mm. And then when it comes to exercise we if we think about how we feel throughout our menstrual cycle and what our body is telling us then that's how we need to cater our workouts as well. So we know how we feel when we have our period and in the lead up to our period, we have low energy. And again, that's due to the hormone shift. We have low energy. We can be quite moody. We can just feel a bit crampy and bloated things like yoga and stretching and even just gentle walking can be really nice in those sort of phases of the menstrual cycle. And then as our body's approaching ovulation, and again, our bodies are designed to get pregnant. So this is the time when we're out looking for a mate in a <laughs> woman days, I guess. Um, so that's when we have really high, High energy and we're positive and we feel like we can do anything so that's when you really want to focus on the cardio and the high intensity high energy workouts and then as you've ovulated and you start going back into that luteal phase and as your next period approaches that's when you might want to turn it back again into mm-hmm. that more gentle yoga and more restorative restorative workouts
0: and i love how you say that you know we should listen or be more in tune with our body because i think that you know just our lifestyle and living in in a society where everything is so fast paced and so on, we have completely forgotten how to listen to our body. And I, and I'm a huge believer also when it comes to like nutrition, Uh, I always say there is no one size fits all when it comes to healthy lifestyle, you know, because we all find ourselves in a different season in our life. And I'm a huge believer in just listening to our body. You know, it will tell you how much sleep you need. It will tell you, um, you know, what type of exercise you need or what your body needs or what type of food and and all this type of stuff and or what food makes you feel great, you know, because I think this is also something that we are completely have lost kind of touch and reality with. You know, I grew up in Bulgaria um, and back in the days it was, you know, a communist country and we had, basically our food was seasonal, you know, we didn't get, you know, anything like strawberries. We didn't have strawberries in, you know, in wintertime or, you know, it was pure summer thing. And that's when we ate them, you know, and now Mm. it's like you go to the stores and they're like strawberries all year round, you know. Yeah, right. I, I just uh, now you know here in Europe soon starts the asparagus season and in Germany and Switzerland and so on it's huge so since I think a week there is as- asparagus in the stores and when I check where they're coming from it's Peru it's like mm. sorry no <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> and I yeah, think we're just, the same exactly and I think we just yeah. also need to be more aware mm. of that you know
1: yeah. And it's hard because it's accessible now mm. and it's really hard to know what's seasonal because everything's available. And if it's available, then you think, okay, well, I'll eat it. Exactly. And it's, it's not until you eat, you know, the fresh seasonal straight from the farm or something that you notice the difference, but we're exactly the same in Australia. Like we have, you know, beautiful, beautiful fruit that grows here. And you look at, you know, packets of frozen mango and things like that. And it's from Mexico and Costa Rica and the same thing. And we like, we have it here. Why aren't we eating our exactly. fresh produce that we've grown? And it, it is, it's so, it's so hard to actually know what's seasonal unless you want to go out and physically do the research for yourself exactly. because
0: it's available. And yeah. if it's available, you eat it. So. Exactly. And 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 on top of that, you're thinking you're doing your body something good, you know, because you're Definitely eating right. all this healthy stuff. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. But what about self-care? How big is the role that you know self-care plays in keeping our hormones in balance? It's enormous. It's enormous.
1: Um, I like to break self-care and health in general, I guess, down into sort of four pillars and So nutrition and exercise I've already talked about as two pillars and then stress and sleep as well. So ultimately, if any of those four pillars are lacking, then you're going to notice it. You're going to see something shift in terms of your menstrual cycle and your menstrual cycle will give you messages and tell you what's going on in your body just by, you know, imbalances and symptoms and things like that. And so those four pillars, like we've already talked a lot about nutrition and how you can support your hormones with different phases of the cycle and exercise the same but stress stress is a huge one and our bodies are not designed to deal with stress the way that we do these days so stress and the stress response with you know the fast heart rate and the fast breathing rate and the blood flow and blood pressure and all of that sort of stuff that was a reaction for us to you know run away from a lion it was a quick temporary surge of adrenaline to keep us safe and to keep us alive but the way that we live our lives these days we are under chronic stress like I said over time that cortisol will really dominate And it's really common to see women with menstrual cycles when they chart their menstrual cycle to see that the body is attempting ovulation multiple times and they're having very long cycles and lots of premenstrual symptoms because stress is really having an effect on their hormone balance. It's a huge, huge thing. Mm. And sleep comes off that as well. So if you're not getting enough sleep, your body again is in that stress state. And so they say that, you know, eight hours of sleep a night, but it's really hard to get eight hours of sleep a night. So I have my Fitbit on at night and I trust my sleep (laughs) and very rarely do I get eight hours of uninterrupted sleep a night even though I might be in bed for that long because you're tossing and turning and we're you know looking at our phones and things before bed and sleep sleep is a huge one and again that can affect by affecting your sleep-wake cycles that's all driven by hormones too and so when one hormone is out of whack then Mm. it sort of is this big domino effect and it just peels off into other areas as well but your menstrual cycle will absolutely give you messages and it's probably the first place that you'll start to notice any changes in your body if those pillars of self-care and health aren't all taken care of and it'll be little subtle messages at first and then when you don't listen to them when you ignore them they will get louder and louder and yeah I'm absolutely an example of that so I I have celiac disease and mine was triggered by stress so Ooh, okay it is absolutely something that needs to be taken seriously and I I didn't I ignored it and yeah that's yeah. What, that's how my body told me to sort myself out so <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that's that, that's truly amazing. But isn't it that, you know, when you are under constant stress, you were talking about like the cortisol levels rising, that then it's kind of like a cycle psych- or like, what do you call it? Like a vicious cycle or whatever you call it, mm. because it affects then your sleep. Like if that hormone is high, then you can't really get the proper quality sleep yeah and then you don't get the quality sleep and then you know that exactly and you're getting
1: the quality sleep and then when you're tired and you're sleep deprived and you're stressed you're not looking to eat an apple or a salad you're going for the chocolate and the alcohol and the, and the bad habits that make you feel better and so with stress and fatigue comes all of those poor nutrition choices and poor lifestyle choices and we're not going to get up and exercise if we haven't slept the night before we'll sleep in and we'll avoid that because we can't be bothered and so they do they all tie in together and so one leeches off the other and one sort of tends to drag all the
0: others down as well yeah yeah Yeah. I mean, very, absolutely fascinating, but I know you're busy. So I do have one last question. Given given your experience and your knowledge, what would you say is the number one thing we need to focus on when we begin this journey of, you know, keeping our hormones in balance?
1: I think the most important thing is just, like I said, listen to your body. So use your menstrual cycle as an indicator for your overall health and what's actually going on inside your body and remember why why that's so important and think about what the menstrual cycle does for us every month so it's not just this inconvenient bleeding for a couple of days a month Mm. and then move on with life there's a reason behind it and our hormones are so delicate and there's such a fine balance between all of the levels. And so, as I said, if one thing is out, then it's this trigger effect that other things will then come into play as well. So I think really listening, really listening to your body and what your menstrual cycle is saying and using those first early signs that something is potentially going on um, as a really clear indicator to address it early rather than waiting for something to get to get worse I suppose mm. and it's not even you know you're not having to really track all of your fertile signs and things that I often work with with women. it could just be a matter of sitting down at the end of the day knowing what day you're at in your menstrual cycle and saying how is my energy today what did I eat today how was my mood today and pretty quickly in the matter of two or three cycles you're going to see some patterns Forming, and that's going to give you a lot of really
0: valuable insight into what's going on inside your body Mm. yeah i find like i was never really the journaling time because i always thought oh what a waste of time you know i don't have time (laughs) for that what is it going to help me you know but then at one point i asked myself do i really live as healthy as i think i do you know Mm -hmm. and i started tracking all these like you know what i eat in a day how i felt after how i felt after each meal and it's not about like calories counting. I don't care about Mm. that, you know, or like how much macro or like the different macros that I ate. No, no. It was just pure about how I felt after each meal. Do I recognize some patterns? You know, workouts, how do I feel, sleep and so on. And very quickly, just I think like two or three weeks within doing that exercise every single day, I saw things that, that were like right in front of my eyes, like eating patterns, You know, like getting all the time, like around five o'clock, this like urge to eat something or, you know, Mm -hmm. but then it was not getting enough water in the afternoon. You know, just like all these like little things that were like right in front of my eyes and I never actually paid attention. So I think, you know, it's it's our body is really amazing at telling us what's good for us and what's not so good for us. Absolutely. We just, we've just forgotten how to listen to those messages. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was, both times I got pregnant right away. And then, you know, you hear stories of other women who, you know, are struggling or, you know, cannot get pregnant right away and so on. And, and I think so many of us are not really aware of everything that needs to perfectly happen, you know, in order for, I mean, it's, it's, it's mind blowing if you think about it.
1: It's a wonder when you when you learn all of the ins and outs, you think, God, it's any wonder that anyone ever gets pregnant.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah
1: it's, and when you are struggling, I think that's when a lot of women start looking into this, and yes. they really start exploring how how they're potentially affecting their fertility and their hormone balance. But mm. the, yeah, the the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal of what I do is to reach women before they reach that point. I exactly. want to I want to help women before they get to the point of struggling struggling to conceive even struggling with menstrual cycles
0: that's that's really great Rachel thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your experience and your knowledge it's very very much appreciated and I think also of great value I'm so happy to to have a chat yeah and to our audience thank you so much for listening and I hope that you find this episode valuable and are inspired to look a little deeper into your nutrition exercise and self-care habits and Rachel, maybe you can share where we can follow you on social media. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram
1: at Mana Women's Wellness. So M-A-N-A, Women's Wellness. That's probably the easiest place to reach me
0: or on the Mana Women's Wellness podcast. Perfect. And again, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. It truly means the word to me. I would love to connect with as many of you as possible. So let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Slowolution for your daily dose of healthy living inspiration. If you feel inspired by this episode and want to learn more about all things health, well-being and motherhood, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. This way, the podcast can reach and inspire even more moms and moms-to-be. And make sure you stay tuned for the many upcoming exciting episodes. Wish you all a lovely week.